Good morning, everyone. Welcome to a wonderful Friday morning. What a day to be alive in Christ. I'm George Watkins, and I'm glad you're here today. We're going to talk about some of the good things of the Lord. Amen. Well, we've had a good week, and uh, mighty things are happening. I can tell that because of the stirring and the uh, <clears throat> the dust that's being stirred up around the world is a reaction of the enemy being prodded and pushed and driven out and challenged. Every time we challenge the enemy, there's a pushback, there's a rebellion, there's an anger that shouts out. And that tells me God's moving into territory that we have not possessed for a while. Okay, so be encouraged in that. Hallelujah. All the riots on the streets and the burning of things and the shouts and the, you know, the threats and the dangers that loom through the earth. I tell you, <laughs> now I haven't been alive forever, but I've read a lot of history. There's always been this contest against the light against the gospel, against the Christ who has given himself for this world. Now, remember, John 3.16 is one of our pivot, uh, one of our foundational pivotal scriptures. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That is the axis which the, the whole history swings on. And I tell you what, we're in the middle and the midst and, and on the cutting edge of history today. And so let's rejoice together as we see these victories happening. Now, I do rejoice, and I'm excited when I see a positive report. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, my my natural mind and my emotions like to see the reports, but without the report in my eyes, I can still rejoice knowing that God is in the command of this. Amen. He's commanded us. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior, the risen Savior. And I do that, uh, I want to read a little bit out of the Passion Bible. That's my favorite Bible for, this, for the current season. I'm, I've been using the Mirror Bible, and I interchange with that. I've got it stacked right next to my desk, and I use it all the time. But I've come across the Passion Bible also, so I'm intermixing with that. And I'm doing some reading in some of the sections that are very powerful, and one of them is the book of Revelations. Now, note, the book of Revelations is not the revelation of the Antichrist. Not, it's not the revelation of the Mark of the Beast and and Gog and Magog and, you know, blood up to the horse's bridle in their belly. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So 
We're going to take just a moment to talk about that. Before we do, don't forget, subscribe if you haven't, and like us, share it, and thank you for all your good comments. Those things help us on this internet business. And this is, we're going into our sixth year. <laughs> Whoa, I'm excited about that. And we're doing it because of your prayers and because of your encouraging words. All right. Now, when I mention the word revelation or the book of revelation, there's probably the least read book in the Bible, except for the book of Job, of course, <laughs> who reads that for encouragement. The reason we're not reading the book of Revelations is because it has been so compromised through so many splinter theories and theologies and teachings and sessions of time and uh, echoes of, of, of words all through the history. Okay. And what it's done, it's shut the book for us. But the interesting thing about this book is it's the only book in the Bible that has a promise that you would be blessed if you read it. Also, I've always been curious why the revelator would send this book out to all the churches. Why the why the 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 um, why Jesus is you know the the one speaking here would send this message to the churches of Asia if it wasn't expedient, if it wasn't on time, if it wasn't for that hour of time. Well, you say, well, it's for us too. We can read it and so forth. Well, yes, we can. And when we do, we, we're not looking at a picture of the future. We're not looking at a picture of something distant. We're looking at the activity and the structure and the current function of the spiritual world. But you can't look at it through the eyes of a modern day person. You can't read the newspaper or you, you know, you can't try to figure out where these things take place in our current day because they are, according to the first few verses, these are signs, symbols, and, and uh, you know, pictures, pictures and symbols. The interesting thing about this is that the current church of the New Testament knew those Old Testament signs and symbols, not like the New Testament, not like the current church. We, uh, we read a word and we think about our day. Okay, enough of that. I'm not doing a, <laughs> a teaching on the book of Revelations, but you need to understand when you open the book, it's somewhat like my house is on fire, so I call the fire department and they say, I'll be there in 2,000 years. That's not comfort to me. This book was read to the New Testament church because they were their house was on fire and they needed some encouragement. And when they read this, they saw a picture of revelation of Jesus after the resurrection and after the ascension in his current position in heaven. So let's take just a moment to read out of the Passion a picture of this mighty angel who is Jesus. Then I saw another extremely powerful messenger coming out of heaven, robed in a cloud. 
<laughs> I like that already. <clears throat> there was a halo over his head like a rainbow. His face shined bright like the sun and his legs like pillars of fire. Now, this sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like the picture that Abraham saw when he walked, when the, when the, uh, <clears throat> the visitor walked through the sacrifice. It was God. He held an open scroll in his hand. He set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land and gave a tremendous shout like a lion's roar. Now, remember, Jesus died like a lamb, but he rose like a lion. He's the lion of Judah. When he shouted, the seven thunders responded, rumbling out their message messages. Now, this the scholars say this is the seven uh, spirits that are before the throne, and they thundered out. <clears throat> I was about to write the message, messages of the seven thunders, but I heard a heavenly voice say to me, don't write a word, but place a seal on what the seven thunders have spoken. Then the mighty angel whom I saw astride the sea and the land. Now, that's a big one. <laughs> that's a big angel. He's got one foot on the land and one foot on the sea. <clears throat> then, then the mighty angel whom I saw astride the sea and the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore an oath by him who lives for an eternity of eternities, the creator of the heavens and the earth and sea and all that is in it. No more delay, for in the day when the seventh angel is to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be fulfilled, just as he announced to his servants the prophets. All right. Why would I be excited about that? Why would I... Why would I want to even bring it to you today. I want you to catch a picture of the activity of heaven and Jesus, the mighty angel in this case. You do know, and I'm sure you do, that several, quite a number of places in the Old Testament when it speaks of an angel, the angel of the Lord, most scholars believe it's Jesus himself, in his first appearing as he appeared in other forms. That same Jesus, that Yahweh, that same Elam, rather, came into, that means the Son of God came into the body of Jesus Christ when, he, when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay. Now, <clears throat> then the heavenly voice spoke to me. This is verse... Um, <laughs> it's so small I can't read it. And then the <laughs> I tell you, that's one of the things that they need to correct about the Passion Bible. It's meant for young eyes because of the scriptures, the number of the scriptures you can hardly read. Then the heavenly voice spoke to me again. Go take the open scroll from the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. I went up to the angel who stood on the sea and the land and told him to give me the little scroll. Then he said to me, take it and eat it. 
It will be sour in your stomach, but sweet and honey to your mouth. Now, we're commanded to eat the word, just like John did. How do you do that? You meditate upon it. You read it. It goes into your spirit, becomes life, becomes living matter. Amen. Now, Jesus said, and I love this, the words that I say unto you are spirit and life. When you receive the word of God, we do it through reading the book or hearing the voice. You say, well, how can I trust hearing the voice? It's got to be a paper and ink. I'm telling you, folks, you can read the book and be confused if you don't hear it through the spirit. There's tons of people that read this book as a scholarly, you know, poetry, history. They just want to be curious. But when they hear it, that's what happens with quite a number of people. When they study the book as a scholarly book, many of them are hungry for God. They don't know it until they read something that speaks to their spirit. This is a living, this is a living word when the spirit is at him. The Bible says the letter killeth but the spirit brings life. So you got that. <laughs> That's my Friday thought for today is that mighty angel with one foot on the land and one foot on the sea with is robed in a cloud. His face is so bright like the sun. <laughs> Whoa. And he has a voice of thunder. The echo of it goes through our whole spirit, doesn't it? That's our risen Christ after the ascension to the Father. That's, his, that's one of his manifestations. All right. Now, if you want to, you know, wrestle around with your ideas about revelations, have at it. It is, uh, in the end, a waste of time because what will happen Somewhere down the road, after you've done your due diligence to study all the current theology that you're being given, God will give you a added new something you haven't seen, and everything will shift. I guarantee it. Because it's a living book. The Bible is not static. Yes, there's foundational principles. Jesus is always is always the same. Holy Spirit's there. But when you begin to see past the, the current theology, the current understanding of what you think you know about God, if you will move in and spend time with it, the Spirit of God, go into the presence of the Lord, meditate upon his, his kindness, his goodness, his love, his mercy, and he'll begin to whisper things in your heart, and you will see things different. Now, by example, some of you listening to me were born again into a fellowship of believers that did not believe in the power of the Holy Spirit with the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, and even healing. So you were, you were in that world and securing your little chamber until God broke through with a revelation that changed your whole life. Now, just like that happened, there is one uh, realm, one 
section after another that God will take you into if you're hungry enough. All right, this is Friday. I love you guys. I'll see you on Sunday night at six o'clock and we will have a really good time. All right, until then, don't forget, subscribe. Thank you for all the support you give me in your prayers, your encouragement, and your financial strength as you send it to me through several ways you can do it. It's all down there below in the notes below. I love you all. I'm looking forward to Sunday night. And this is December coming up. Preparation for the holidays and all the remembrance of the first coming of Christ as we celebrate the glory of God. Amen. I'll see you then. God bless.